You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. How art thou? I am... I'm okay. <laughs> wow. I didn't... You were really leading up uh, to that, yeah. holding the suspense, the I tension, wasn't sure, and it was just okay. I wasn't sure what to land on, so I'm like, eh, let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm well. I'm well, well. Yeah. How are you? I am also well. Yeah? Yeah. It's a couple of wells here. A couple of wells here. Wow, look at this. What is this? Jacob's Field? <laughs> Very, very niche Bible oh, joke right there. Man. Speaking of not Bible jokes, but so I, you know, how art thou mm-hmm. and Bible, <laughs> I learned something that was to me very interesting about the English language recently. Okay. So you know how if we were feeling particularly arcane and fanciful, mm. we would refer to each other in terms like, oh, thy, thou, yes. thine, like that, right? You know, KJV English, you know, old King Jimmy, <laughs> you know, it makes us feel really regal. Regal. Yes, that's a great word. Makes you feel really regal, right? And then, you know, the proletariat would be like, you, you know, just you. It's interesting because... Or ye. Or ye, yeah. But I'm taking Greek again for my seminary courses, and in Greek, in many languages, you have plural forms of the second person pronoun. So it would be like you, singular, or you all, plural. But like there are separate words for that, right? English doesn't have that, right? Right. Like you just have you. You just have to do this weird diagram-y thing with a parentheses and whatever. Yeah, right. Or you have to say something like you all, or you know, you do a, you know, if you're Appalachian, like y'all, or whatever, (laughs) right? Right. You know what I mean? And it's kind of curious. It's like, why don't we have a second person plural, you know? No, you're telling me that that's the missing piece? Well, so here's the crazy thing. It turns out you, the word Y-O-U that we use all the time, that was the second person oh. plural. Well, this is an Uno reverse card. I know, right? What? You was the second person plural. And get this, thou, thy, thine, that was the informal language. That is so weird. You was like used for like typically high up, like in the plural, like just crazy, like complete opposite of what you would think. Weird. And I find it very funny that we now use words like thy and thou and thine to feel regal, whereas like... Originally in English, it was completely the opposite. Wow. Like they would be asking us when we we're calling each other you all the time, like, me dost think you refer to each other as gentlemen or whatever, you know, like that's, <laughs> you know, that was not a gentleman or, you know, and yeah. whatever. Like, isn't that weird? Isn't that, that is strange? very weird. My little Man. convoluted English bit of knowledge there. And wow. it's just so strange to me. Like how amazing that we did have that apparently. And then we dropped it because we just started calling everyone you mm. at some point it's along the way. We're just trying to be respectful. Yeah, that probably was it. Like <laughs> trying to like be like, out of a heightened sense of deference. Wow. But um, yeah, isn't huh. that crazy? So anyway, moving on to other topics <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely unrelated to that, maybe related, I don't know. You know, out of a uh, certain necessity, I, I think that's fair to say, Christians tend to spend a lot of time talking about, uh, you know, well, what we talk about. We do. Right? We, talk we talk about, about that a lot. <laughs> sure, you know what I mean? Sure. In other words, we, we talk about the content of our speech, you know, the way we season our words, all oh, that stuff, everything. So like yeah. the, the message of what we're saying and the way we say it, you okay. know, the manner and the message all the time. Like not just like if you're preaching, but I mean like in just day-to-day conversation sure. or how you interact with people on social media. We talk about that a lot. And we do this because, you know, one, the Bible talks about it a lot. It shows right? up. It does. You know, Proverbs has a lot to say about the tongue and our words and so does the New Testament. And two, we've been talking about it a lot recently because in this polarized age of rapid and instant communication, we really do need all the help we can get to make sure we're not making fools of ourselves or bringing disrepute upon the gospel. Yeah, right? it's, it's forever now. You'll, <laughs> you'll never scrub that embarrassment from the internet. 
<laughs> you thought you deleted it. No. No, no, no. It's no. in a server no. somewhere it in is. Mark Zuckerberg's basement. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's there. So we talk about that a lot, like how we're presenting ourselves, how sure. we share the content of our speech and the way in which we share it. But strangely, I personally don't hear read as much about our content intake. Oh, a lot really? about the outtake and not the intake. Huh. And I, I do want to clarify that because I think some people want to push back on that and be like, are you sure you don't hear about that? Because like, I feel like some people talk a lot about like yeah. watching what you Also, I guess it kind of depends watch. on like what it was like growing up too. Yes. And so what I, what I mean by that is I don't think there's a lot of conversation about how much forethought we put into what we consume. Okay. So like there may be people who want to like go on crusades against, you know, <laughs> like immoral material or whatever. I mean, like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the people who would be giving the same amount of attention that they do to talking about the content of our speech. Like mm-hmm. saying like you really need to think before you speak. Oh, yeah. That kind of a thing. You hear that a lot versus the you need to really think before you consume, before okay. you read, before you listen, before mm-hmm. you watch, okay. that kind of a thing. So I was reminded of this recently from Proverbs 15:14. Okay. That's where this all came from. And that verse says, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouths of fools feed on folly. Oh, that, that paints a picture. Doesn't it? Not a particularly apologetic one. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Those are some words. They are, for real. Someone, you know, copy editing Solomon there was like, like oh, can we talk about you the should. way you... <laughs> Levels, you know, one to ten of confidence. Where are we? Where? Oh, we're 13. Okay. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just write... It's like, shut up, scribe, I'm the king. <laughs> Watch me violate all the Deuteronomic commands. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a little joke related to an episode that may or may not have even been released yet, that you may or may not have even listened to, so I apologize. That's for a really, I know you're a really dedicated listener if you got that joke. Exactly. So now, all the, there's like, you know, we've alienated a whole portion of our, they're like, hey, what the heck? Uh, Go just, listen to the... Just, uh, it's a scavenger hunt now. Yeah, that's right. If uh, Mosaic Covenant episode, you know. Anyway, so we could rephrase what Solomon said there into a sort of question and ask, do we think about how our content intake, whether that be through books, podcasts, movies, TV shows, and whether we're doing it through paper medium, digital medium, whatever, do we think about how our content intake is contributing to our knowledge of God in the world, or do we just take in whatever we'd like without thinking about it? Hmm. That's what we're getting at here. Is this about to get personal to <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't turn on this podcast to I'm get personal. I'm not one to do the work of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, because I do think the temptation for many very well-intended Christians is to say, if I'm not watching pornography or reading Fifty Shades of Grey, I can imbibe pretty much whatever I want content-wise, right? Like, I, I think that's a, it maybe not even like a conscious thought. Like, maybe that's even subconscious. Oh, okay. And aside from the patently sinful stuff, I'm not here, just before we even get into the session, I'm not here to suggest, support, or erect legalistic, extra-biblical standards around content and media intake. Okay? Right. Not here to do that. Okay. That's just, that's crazy. If you were, you I know? probably wouldn't be on this podcast. No, no. Like, not I, the one uh, for me. I was, funny enough, reading a book that was written in the early 1900s. Great book. But the author, who, I mean, he's a theologically brilliant, gifted writer, his prose 
because it's just a pleasure to read. But he has this one little paragraph in a section where he's talking about the sins of the younger generations in particular. And he nails it on the head, like a lot of this stuff, nails on the head. But then he goes on this one little paragraph thing about, and all of our young people wasting so much time at the movies, at the moving pictures, you know, like that. And like, it's just funny to me that like he would view an outing for a 30 minute motion picture as a, you know, like you need to watch yourself now. You know what I mean? Watch yourself, young man. Like, yeah, like, wow. you can get very legalistic about it very quick in ways sure. that the, the scripture does not. Okay. And anytime you start doing that, red alert, mm, right? Yeah. Red alert. Yeah. Pharisees um, probably did it better than you already. Yes, yes, that's right. If you think someone's salvation is in jeopardy because they use playing cards, oh. we might have to talk about that. Yeah. So what I am here to say is in the vein of the Apostle Paul, that even if all things are lawful, not all things are helpful. Oh, okay, yeah. I think even if I want to be contrary, that's pretty fair. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so they like to encourage us to think on those lines. So what I'm putting before us is just a simple encouragement, more or less, to maybe more often than we would tend to do on our own, and I say this as much for myself as anybody else, is to pause and think about what we're allowing into our hearts through watching, reading, and listening to various things. Like, just even pause and just think about it. Mm. So think and do nothing. Got it. Excellent. <laughs> this is the exit strategy I was looking for. <laughs> Just gonna think. Just gonna think about it. Wave as it passes me by. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, only if, <laughs> because there is a, in many cases, not quite properly used verse in Ooh. Philippians Ooh. that can be helpful on these lines. So Paul says in Philippians four eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And the reason Paul is so, I don't know, prolific there about what he's describing as far as what we should be thinking on, what we should be dwelling and meditating on, is because what we think about and meditate on and take in on a regular basis shapes and molds our hearts. It does that to some degree, Hmm. right? And so we need to take stock of those things because we're supposed to guard our hearts for that very reason, because again, to quote Solomon, Proverbs 4.23, out of our hearts flow the springs of life. So there's a reason that we want to give attention to that. Sure. Well, I've definitely heard that verse used. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Um, I think, though, I would like clarify, especially examining it now, that there's no exclusivity clause mm-hmm. in that. Right. It doesn't say think only on these things, exclusively right. and specifically of these things. And I just can't see this as like the optimist's silver bullet. Sure. You know, I'm used to kind of hearing it, you know, used in that way. And it's like, you know, there's obviously value in this, but there's a bigger picture kind of at work. Yes, yes. And that's a great term, the optimist silver bullet, because <laughs> that verse can be used that way. And yeah. that's not what Paul is getting at at all, because we'll just run with that. Someone might hear me say that and think, so I need to be on a strictly pure flicks content diet. Got it, right? Um, that's my boxing gloves yeah. right now. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> no, no, that's not what I or Paul saying. So you can think about it like this, because if you're wondering like, man, what in the world is going on here? Like, this is like such a confusion and a mess of like, what are we doing? It could be helpful maybe to think about it like this. The crucifixion of God's only beloved son was the most heinous, Mm. wicked, and abominable sin ever committed in the universe. You could not get more evil than doing that. There are no words adequate enough to fully capture the horror of that event. And yet, 
We are supposed to regularly dwell on the sacrificial death of Christ because mm. it is excellent. Mm, yeah. That is where we see the glory of Christ on some of its brightest display because we were saved through that death and the world was redeemed through that most horrible, unimaginable, satanic murder and yeah. execution. We're supposed to dwell on that. And, you know, I don't think the optimist would <laughs> see that as feel a, good you know, like, oh my goodness. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, that's an even stronger case than I was prepared to make because I think it <laughs> attention to what I've taken such issue with over the years. I love horror movies. Sure. I no. love heartbreaking stories. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. make me cry. <laughs> it will be infinitely more valuable to me as a medium. It offers something that I just, like, respond to and, and value in different ways. And I suspect that some would say none of that qualifies under the Philippians verse if you take that exclusively. Mm -hmm. But if we're also to meditate on the harrowing execution, I like that word you used, mm -hmm. that's, like, at the heart of our faith, I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. If you stop substituting every adjective in the Philippians verse with permutations of the word optimism, <laughs> you know, then you, I think maybe you might even find yourself with a broader scope to appreciate the human experience rather than a straitjacket. Yeah. And the strange thing, strange is probably not quite the right word, but if you actually like read your Bible from beginning to end, there are going to be things you're going to read in that that are not going to fit under the, to use your term, permutation of optimism that hijacks all those adjectives, yeah. right? I mean, golly, you read about the, horrors that were happening in the prophecies of Ezekiel mm. or when the king of Syria was besieging Samaria, you know, and you got, oh, this woman who agreed that they would boil her son and eat him. And then she's like, I'll do that if we'll do that with your son tomorrow. Yeah. And then she hid her son from me. And like, will you go not, you know, make this right? It's like, will you go tell her to break her son out of hiding so we can boil him and eat? Like, those are horrible things. Yeah. Terrible. And there's a reason those are in God's word. You yeah. know, it's not just you can like, I'm going to glance over that and like, it is meant to teach us something. And there's a, you know, not dwell on it in a macabre way, but like there is something in which God put that in there for a reason. And those adjectives, again, to go with the point you made, you really need to take them on their own terms and let the rest of scripture inform for you what they mean. Yeah. Like excellence, again, I did not do a word study on this, so fact check me on this someone later. But if Paul is using the same word there, excellence, that say Peter is using in 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, where he says, Christ called us by his own glory and excellence, that would be then, when we're talking about Christ's excellence, that includes all of the things that he did on earth, which would include, to drive that point home, his death, all of his sufferings, his rejection at the hands of his own people, all those things that we would not think of as like, oh, that's not exactly happy, uplifting content to dwell on. Right. That would be included under all that. And Paul would be telling you explicitly then dwell on that. Think mm. about that. You know, you've got Paul cataloging all of his own sufferings in Second yeah. Corinthians, which are all pretty horrific, you yeah. know. There's a reason that's all in there. So, again, to actually drive back to the point that we were that we were coming to, just to be clear, what we're suggesting is that we simply stop and ask, am I feeding on foolishness mm. by watching this, reading this, or listening to this, or is this going to help me grow in my knowledge of and love for the Lord? Like, just asking that question, because... There are many things that might be otherwise innocent, you know, like we could look at that and think, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Like it seems completely innocent and it may be feeding our hearts with foolishness. Whereas perhaps the thing that looks dark and dreary <laughs> and we think, oh my gosh, what is going on there? That may be the thing that's most true and will help deepen our love and our knowledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of a good example of that. But again, not like setting up legalistic standards, but like it may be 
that that stand-up comedy bit that you think they're so innocent like you know there's all there's no profanity in it there's nothing like explicit it could be the kind of comedy that's just feeding your heart on foolishness it could be and i'm not even going to use like a specific comedian as an example because i think this is a question we just have to ask ourselves like am i just feeding my heart on foolishness by doing this whereas it might be that you know that dark drama that like is full of harrowing experiences that might reveal something that's more true and more helpful to us and all i'm getting at here is that like we ask the question Mm. and at least be willing to consider Right. Before we're just like, oh, yeah, like we just, you know, we just take in whatever and don't even think about it because we may be feeding our heart on foolishness. And it's just helpful to ask that from time to time, you know, hmm. take a little audit of the diet, the content diet, you know, it's like, you know, I don't want to don't want to constantly be eating cheese puffs. Am I right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I went powerful analogy, right? Right. right to think it all like the cheese dust on the fingers. And I'm like, man, it's oh, yeah. Infuriating. So, so to bring us completely full circle, except not at all in any way <laughs> and off topic as we close this episode is, you know, what I think when I think of cheese puffs and cheese dust on the fingers specifically like is the eighth circle of hell. <laughs> Uh, close, but do you remember that scene in Toy Story 2 where the toy collector who's basically like stolen Andy's Woody? <laughs> right. There's this late night scene where he's like watching something on TV and he's laying on the couch and he's got a bowl of Cheetos. Are you serious? And he falls asleep and uh-huh. his hand falls, and he's, his hand's just covered in cheese oh, dust. Oh, that's so disgusting. And it is. And I think of that scene in that movie. <sighs> and that is, you know, I don't need that kind of, It's so. Disgusting. I don't need that kind of image in my mind. No. That's, that's just foolishness. That's foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh yeah so anyway you know hey maybe you need to stop and think about why you're listening to this podcast oh no you, t- you turn the Uno reverse card on I us i hope i'm not feeding us on foolishness no hey thanks as always for listening and uh, hopefully you keep listening hopefully we've not uh, driven you away <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> if you have any questions on this or any other topic, you can email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net or you can interact with us on social media. And uh, if you like this, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you think, man, knowledgeable, wow. like giving people knowledge, want to share that, share that love. You can help out by yeah. writing an honest five-star review. We read them. We do. There and are some warms, fun ones in there. Warms the very caverns of my own heart. It uh, And that's, you know, and, and Ethan's, it's, that's, that's good. It's, yeah. You know, that's, that's, I don't know. I don't know either. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> It's always good to have caverns warmed, yeah, right? Yeah. The caverns because they, yeah. they can drop images of like... it's cold and dank and it becomes yeah. moldy and, and Bats vampires and... live there. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks as always for listening and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.